Sales is the most lucrative skill in the world, period. The problem is most sales advice out there today is outdated, cheesy, and can even keep you from getting the deals that can make all the difference in your career. This is the No BS Sales School, a podcast for entrepreneurs and salespeople who want to master the skill of selling without all the BS. Been talking to a lot of prospects lately. Uh, been doing a lot of prospecting, which has been super fun to get back into. Got to be honest, last, uh, I don't know, six months of the year from probably know, June through October, I told myself I had enough clients and I was busy, uh, which was a freaking lie. And when I started to um, realize that, uh, we call it the um, national screw off month was coming up. I realized I'd been participating for a couple of months, four or five months, as a matter of fact, before it even started. So better get my ass back to work. So I did. And uh, it's amazing what happens when you do that. Um, <clears throat> what's happened for me is making phone calls. I'm networking. I'm reaching out through LinkedIn. I'm doing all this cool stuff. I'm, re- I'm going through my dead files. I'm reaching out to past clients and what's up, seeing if I can get, I'm asking people for referrals, right? A lot of my clients saying nice things about how they've gotten improvement, right? And so we ask them, well, who else do you know that might need that kind of help? So anyway, it's been super fun. been talking to a lot of people, but I've come across some ideas in sales that just need to die, but they haven't yet die. They're still part of the lexicon of sales and it drives me crazy. Of course, it keeps me in business, so I can't complain that much. But one of the things that won't freaking die is the idea that people buy features and benefits and that so much training that happens is product training, which talks all about the features and benefits of our stuff that we sell, features, benefits of our service, features, and benefits of our products, blah, 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 blah. And that often gets I don't know, mistaken for, switched up for, or is done in place of actual sales training. Product training is not sales training. Product training is just that. And often, learning so much about the product will keep you from being good at sales. Why is that, Walker? That can't possibly be true. You got to know what you're selling. Okay, a little bit. But if you get really excited about what you're selling, you may forget what you really need to be excited about is the person you're talking to. And when I say excited about him, I don't mean freaking happy, happy, joy, joy, but I mean sincerely curious to learn about that person. What would make them be a likely candidate to buy what it is that you sell? What is it that's missing? What's a problem they're trying to solve? Selling features and benefits is giving people credit for making intellectual decisions. Oh, I'm making a very smart decision to do this because of these perfect intellectual reasons. Well, that's bullshit. People don't buy intellectually. They buy emotionally, right? And then they send their little press agent out to talk about what a smart move it was and what an intellectual decision they made because they did X, Y, and Z. And they'll often give something like, oh, I saved a lot of money or I did this or this was very intuitive for me to do this. Bullshit, right? They did it because they're either moving away from pain or moving towards pleasure. Those are emotional things. Almost every decision is for that reason, moving towards pleasure or away from pain. So how in the world right? If we are trying to differentiate ourselves in the marketplace 
and everybody else thinks it's their product. By the way, you will never differentiate yourself by the product that you sell. It ain't different. People don't know it's different. They don't care. It's especially true in services because there's no natural differentiation, right? Maybe some products are slightly different, but most people don't understand that or don't care about that. They care about one or two specific things that matter to them. So let me tell you a story. I want you to, so how do I describe what I do? How can I figure out who's the right prospect for me? I hear this a lot. How can I figure out who's the right prospect for me? Not, not by like visual things, but what would they be saying if they were the right prospect? That's what you need to be thinking. What would somebody be saying if they were the right prospect for me? Not just, I want to buy from you, right? Because often that's a, boy, how much time do we waste with people that come in hot and say, I'm ready to buy, let's go. Holy cow, positive prospect will waste a shit ton of your time and often they're not going to buy. So let's talk about something that has nothing to do with features and benefits. That if you're hearing your prospects say this, it probably means they're going to be a good fit in one way or another. And if they're not saying this, they're probably not going to be a good fit, meaning they're probably not ready to do something. Now, remember, there are two questions that you have to or your prospects got to ask themselves or have to have answered themselves before they make a change. So but mind this to start with. Right. The first one is, am I going to do anything? A lot of times people are interested. Right. But they're not committed to do anything. Your first part of all of your sales efforts needs to be. <clears throat> A skepticism that your prospect is re seriously ready to make a change to anywhere, right? Either, um, either to do something different or do something differently, right? Maybe they've never had a service or product like yours. We got to see, are they skeptical? They we have to be skeptical. They're really ready to make that change. Or if they're currently using something that is comparable to what you have or they believe is comparable, would they be willing to make a change? Is there enough of a problem or is there enough of a gap between where they are and where they want to be to actually make a change? Question number one, am I going to do something different or differently? That's the big hurdle. And if you haven't helped your prospect figure that out, you're not doing any service and you're sure as hell wasting your time. Be skeptical that they're ready to change. Why would you do this? Why now? I mean, goodness gracious, it's going to be expensive to make a change. We're not, at this point, we are not selling our product or service. We're trying to figure out what in the world would make them want to make a change. Change is hard for everybody. Even though you may, even though to you it seems simple, just hire me, we'll fix it. Making a change is hard. Even small changes are hard for people. Look at your own damn life, right? Everybody loves change except for them themselves. All right, so. Question number one, am I going to do anything? We need to be very skeptical they're going to do anything. And then question number two is, who will I do that with? But not until you have question number one answered fully, until there's a commitment to do the first, do we need to be talking about the second? Who's, who am I going to do this with, right? Now, the way that you challenge somebody about are they going to do something can help you build trust with that person. And in some cases can make you more likely to be the one they trust 
to move business to. So it's a very vital part, right? Very vital part of your sales process to figure out and be the person who helps them figure out either, yes, I want to make a change or no, I'm not quite ready yet. The second part is, who am I going to do that with? So this is where we need to use more of our sales skills. This is not about jumping up and down about features and benefits. Here's what I want you to picture. As you begin, here are the things that I want you to listen for. And this will come from somebody that, um, this is how you'd know maybe somebody's ready for you. Here's a story I'm going to tell you. See where you fit in here, right? Let's picture your ideal prospect, the decision maker, right? The person or one of the decision makers for those of you with more complex sales skills, right? Or more complex sales cycles. I want you to picture them coming home from work on a Friday afternoon and they've had a shitty week. It's been really rough because they don't either, they don't know that a product or service like yours exists and they're suffering from not having it, or they're working with one of your competitors who is offering something inferior or they're not getting the service they should have. Remember, People don't know what good looks like most of the time. They only know what they've been getting, and they assume that everybody else is about the same. So we've got to look, sound, act, taste different than other people presenting, right? So this person's had a shitty week, and they come home, and they're on their back porch drinking a beer, and they're stewing. And the neighbor, who's not in their business, who's not in your business, He's also outside drinking a beer. He's a doctor or a lawyer, an Indian chief or something. It has nothing to do with your business. And he says, hey, man, how was your week? And this person who's had a crappy week feels compelled to explain to his neighbor how shitty of a week it's been. Right? But he's got to explain it so the neighbor who's a doctor or a lawyer, an Indian chief, can understand it in simplest terms. So let's give this a profession. Let's call this a... Um, Let's, let's just pretend you sell commercial insurance, for example. Somebody who has the wrong commercial insurance, let's call it relationship, they may say, we've had an accident. Um, we um, my, um, had an accident in, the, in a truck this past two weeks, um, and I need some help figuring out how to handle this claim, how to do this stuff, and I can't get somebody on the damn phone at my agent's office. He won't call me back. Right. Or they say, shit, I'm mad as hell because our business has been growing like crazy and we keep renewing the insurance we have. And if something happens, I don't know that we'd be covered. Or maybe they say, I don't know that I'm frustrated because I'm not sure our agent has any idea what we do over here. And even if we're in the right category, I mean, if something bad happened, we could be screwed. Right? I don't know if those are exactly the things, right? Let's pretend you're somebody that sells software, right? And your software, um, maybe it's a CRM, right? Um, you sell CRM software. So this guy comes home on Friday afternoon. He's like, he goes, I am infuriated. I'm so mad. We've got this software system, Salesforce, that I've spent hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars to get. But it's so damn complicated, nobody's using it. My people hate it. We're not getting the right information in and we're not getting the right information out. I, it sucks. Or we are having to update and update and update our software just to keep up with the CRM. And I'm not sure anybody's using it. Or I have no idea what kind of return on investment we're getting. It just feels like we're pouring money down a hole. 
right? What are the things that somebody would be saying if they didn't have your product or service? They would, with an emotional tag on it, I'm frustrated, I'm upset, I'm pissed off, I'm worried, I'm nervous, that. Now, don't use buzzwords in this conversation, in, this, in these things. Say it as simply as possible, like you're trying to explain it to somebody who is not in your business, who would have nothing to do. Simple, simple, dumb, dumb. If you go through that exercise, maybe what you ought to do is call one of the people who recently bought from you and say, I need to ask you a stupid question. What's the real reason you bought from me? What were the things that was frustrating you, upsetting you, making you mad, worrying you that made you come to me? Now, if you only sell on low price, you're probably screwed in this conversation, right? But here's what I want you to think. You come up with three or four or five things. Chances are, if your prospect isn't saying those things when they come talk to you, chances are they're not a good fit. They're not ready for you yet. The problems that they have aren't ones you can solve. If the best that your prospect can come up with is, well, we're always interested. We'd like to talk to new people. Um, you know, sure, we'd be happy to put you on our vendor list. Maybe we'd be happy to give you a shot next time we do put out an RFP. But they can't tell you what they'd want to change. Fuck them. It's not time to spend time there. The less time you spend with people that aren't ready to buy or who aren't a good fit, the more time you can spend looking for and taking care of the people that are a good fit. What are they saying when they come to you? What would somebody be saying? Understand, they're not coming to buy your features and benefits. They're coming to solve a problem. They're moving away from pain or major problems, a gap between where they are, where they want to be, or they're moving towards pleasure. And understand that moving towards pleasure emotion is much less powerful, much less sticky than move it away from pain. I'm Walker McKay with No BS Sales. Be, sales is a thinking person's game. You must think. No two are the same. You must use your skills of understanding other people to be a good salesperson, to be effective. If your sales team is not really good at that, if what they're doing is spraying and praying and throwing um, proposals out on the street, and hoping some of them stick and there's very little qualification, or if your closing ratio, if you're doing 10 to one, if you're getting one of every 10 you propose on, chances are this is what's happening. WalkerMcKay.com, pick up the phone and call me 803-917-2817. Let's have a conversation and see I'm the right fit for you to help you. If you're committed to being fixed, we'll see if I can help. Thanks for listening to the OBS Sales School podcast. If you haven't already, please take one minute to write a quick review for the show. It really does make a huge difference. Also, subscribe to the show and please forward this episode to somebody else who needs to hear it. As a bonus for listening, I'm going to give you access to a free mini course, Seven Expensive Sales Mistakes You're Making and What You Can Do About It. Go to www.7salesmistakes.com and get access to the free mini course. That's the number seven salesmistakes.com. Thanks again for listening to the OBS Sales School Podcast.